Hi, this is Dr. Goldcamp, and I wanted to give a, a little bit of an intro to today's podcast. It's not a long podcast, but I think it deserves a little explanation before we get into it. We have gone through an evolution of developing a coaching course from strictly based on the ketogenic diet, low-carb, high-fat, to gradually, due to the demand of the people that were in the courses, more testing and more testing. Now we've come up with a template that I think is uh, pretty much what we're going to stick with and try to automate some aspects of these things. And so um, the last iteration of this program, it just ended a couple weeks ago, and it was with a group of men, four men, 20 people had applied for the course, and I decided to choose a similar demographic. So I chose four men in their mid-40s, early 50s, all had 100 pounds to lose. And we dealt with that. But in that, what I had them do that I had never had anybody do before was that they did four types of tests. We did blood work up front, which they had to go to a Quest lab near them to get a panel done that I had created, put together. After that, they had to, they were sent a kit in which they had to do, um, get another blood draw for intercellular nutrient levels. And after that, they had another kit sent to them for a four-part urine test for a hormone panel. And after that, we looked at genome, which was pretty much their 23andMe information sent to a an app, if you will, sent to a company that would list the top 70 or 80 most common SNPs to look at. It was something I used to lecture on, so I like that. But we would tie it all in together. So why I say that is because today's conversation is going to be from one of those four men and his perspective of that course. So it was a 90-day course, not kind of two weeks, that was uh, for them getting their blood work, getting all their tests done and sending it into the various companies. And subsequent to that, we uh, had everybody, you know, stick to or begin to achieve the goals for a very low carbohydrate high-fat diet, otherwise known as a therapeutic ketogenic diet. So there you go. So that's that's the background. And what we did in the end of having gone through all their blood work in different forms is that we now summarize the whole program as really five reasons that men today in Western culture, if not worldwide, gain weight and can't lose weight very quickly. I'm not making this up. And so you know, I listed, this is after, you can get stuck in the details of your lifetime of of research and so on, but primarily it comes down to five reasons. And, you know, the whole idea of processed foods, that's point one, drug-induced nutritional deficiencies, carbohydrate toxicity, low muscle mass, and low testosterone. So we summarized all their labs and their different panels they'd done, and we had put it into them and had our final conversation. So from that final conversation, you'll hear me talking to one of the four men asking what he thought of this course and did he get anything out of it. And it was a difficult, not a difficult person, but a difficult case, meaning the data and everything else to bring into a constructive direction. So that's the story. That's the setting for the story. And I hope you enjoy it. I, I think I think the world of these four guys, because they did a lot of work. And maybe we'll hear from one or two more of them down the road. Take care. 
Hi, this is Dr. Carl Goldcamp. If you're interested in learning about the ketogenic diet like I was to save my own life, then this is probably the podcast for you. Eight years ago, I knew nothing about it. Six years ago, it saved my life. Three years ago, I started researching and talking with some of the authorities in the field and attending medical conferences about this to understand why and how keto so dramatically changed my and my wife's Judy's lives. The purpose of this podcast is to share our journey of discoveries with you in understanding how keto is so effective in improving so many different conditions from obesity, epilepsy, diabetes, infertility, MS, Alzheimer's, heart disease, to name a few. So take a step away from all the hype you've probably heard and roll up your sleeves with me and join me weekly to explore this living miracle that anyone can access. We'll talk science, we'll talk food. We'll explore its history and evolution to today, which is that the sheer wonder of the ketogenic way of eating has changed untold number of lives, unlike anything before it. And in case I forget to mention it, please join our Facebook group, Keto Naturopath. Welcome back for another episode of the Keto Naturopath. And today we're going to do something entirely different. We're going to be talking about uh, somebody who's been through our recent course that was primarily about weight loss. And I think it went way beyond that. So welcome, Skip. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Carl. How are you? Doing okay. So Skip, I wanted to go into your context, who you are. You know, how old are you? What do you do? And, and then we'll get into why were you interested in this particular program, weight loss in particular? Well, I'm uh, 51 years old, mechanical engineer by training. I own and run a small uh, product development group here where, uh, in New Hampshire where I live. You know, we've been at that for, I've been at that for uh, almost 20 years now. And, uh, and so uh, I guess I approached this, I actually started looking into keto uh, way of eating a couple of years ago, primarily for for weight loss. That's what attracted me to it. I uh, was at my peak, uh, 320 pounds. Uh, you know, which is it was starting to have some other other uh, physical uh, you know problems because of that. Uh, you know, sore lower back, uh, high blood pressure. I hadn't quite they hadn't quite identified pre diabetic yet. But so a couple of years ago, I started looking at uh, keto. Of course, I you know tried other things, didn't really pan out. But I was excited about a ketogenic way of eating um, because I, I did see some results you know pretty quickly, and things that I wasn't expecting. I, I again I started because of weight loss, uh, but I really realized after I started that I had brain fog, and it had gone away. Uh, and, and overall, in general, I just felt much, much better. Um, but, but I had hit a plateau. Um, I I'd probably only lost uh, 20 or 30 pounds. Uh, and then, you know, everything kind of stopped. I, I still felt good. <clears throat> I was still pretty clear-headed. Uh, but I hadn't, I, the weight loss had stopped. And so, you know, I was digging into it on my own reading a lot of books, uh, podcasts, listening to all kinds of podcasts, um, really kind of searching for information. There's a lot of conflicting and confusing information out there. Uh, and so uh, your podcast and your Facebook group, you know, was part of my research and what I was 
looking into and, and keeping up on. And, uh, the, you know, the earlier coaching programs that you did that I was, you know, paying attention to, it was exciting to me. And then the opportunity to have uh, a coach that focused on a, a group, but also all of us as individuals, you know, to help guide and, and sort out all that information was, it was great. It was fantastic. So give me a little more context. So I appreciate that. Now I tied together mechanical engineering with your, with your search for details. I mean, yeah. so that now puts you in a special category before you even said anything else. Now you go, I got this guy, <laughs> but that's good. I'm, I'm like that too. Different yeah. field. So how tall are you? So what's your uh, I'm uh, five, nine. Okay. And so your goal was for, to get down to what exactly? What was your weight goal? Arbitrarily, my weight goal was, was just to get down to 250 pounds. Um, I hadn't weighed that since uh, right around high school uh, when I went to the Marine Corps. That's the last time I weighed, you know, that uh, around that range. So I, I, would, I would have been happy to get down to that. I know my BMI and my, um, uh, the weight I should be at is lower than that. So I'm not even looking at that as a, as a target or a goal, mm-hmm. just, you know, something reasonable. Got it. So it's a hefty goal. So uh, medically, give me a little more of the situation that was going on when you came into the program, because that was... Yeah. So uh, when I came into the program, I had uh, already... I've been working with my primary care physician and another uh, naturopath. And I was so I was clearly diagnosed with as pre-diabetic. I had gotten my blood pressure under control, you know, with the 20 or 30 pounds that I had lost and and being more active and, and, you know, paying attention to what I was eating. But I had also, where was I? I was, I saw pre-diabetes was one. Uh, The mole on your back. The mole on my back. I was diagnosed with metastatic melanoma. Uh, So they removed a mole and and a margin of tissue. uh, And then also a lymph node where they had found, you know, additional uh, melanoma. So that was a, uh, you know, a stressor and a concern. That was something that, you know, we were, we were looking at. And then also I had a, a, I have some lower back issues where I have a compressed disc and, and, and also some stenosis, arthritic stenosis mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, L4, L5 area. So, you know, all of those things, you know, uh, again, weight loss and getting down to a weight help, would help with the uh, diabetes or the pre-diabetes and the lower back. Uh, issues, all that stuff, um, but yeah, good good point on the on the melanoma. That was that was another interesting additional uh, benefit that that I think that I got from. Good, what, good. So was was the melanoma in itself a tipping point for you? I mean, you sort of been creeping up, which is what most people do when they gain weight. Most guys do. Was that like that's it? You know, this was you caught something that could have been serious and you got it cleaned up. And was that saying that, you know, I'm now going to take, given your predisposition for details, saying we're going to look for an appropriate use of the ketogenic diet to make this work for me? Um, uh, honestly, it wasn't. I had already reached the tipping point before that. So I, I got that diagnosis after I was already, I'm already on the downhill side. Yeah. Okay. But it, but it was, it was certainly, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, 
I was calmer about it and more at ease with it because I knew I was already uh, onto something that that can you know help across the board with so many things. Good. And, and, and knowing that you know I had also and podcasts and other stuff and all the uh, stuff that I've been listening to and reading, um, you know, talked about you know the benefits of ketogenic uh, as well as intermittent fasting. Um, and how all that stuff can just yep. heal the body. Well, it sounded like in many ways you showed up at the right time because uh, our coaching program was evolving, you know, and it now uh, in the last iteration, your group was perhaps the most complicated or most comprehensive, depending how you want to look at it. So we looked into, and, and we sort of presented it as a deep dive into keto, meaning, you know, why is it that uh, we hear that keto is good for about 50% of the population at large of those who are actively trying to pursue ketogenic diet. That means 50% are not. And it's like, so what's with them? Are they not paying attention? Are they not implementing correctly? And so that's the big question mark. So hence the idea of let's go deeper. So we looked at, we did blood work. There we got blood work. And that was a panel I created, which is somewhat basic and somewhat esoteric. Then we looked at intracellular nutrition levels. Clearly that's by most people's standard esoteric. And then we looked at a hormone panel, which I would say everybody understands what hormones is, but they seldom look at it in the context of each other. And then we looked at genome. So did that sort of, now that I have your mechanical engineer perspective, you probably loved it, but somebody else would probably be, this is way too much information. Did, did, did you come away saying, this is it, we're getting down to the, the gnarly bottom of this and we're going to find out you know, what my issue is, where you sort of like... Yeah. Yeah, uh, each each uh, Sunday, I, uh, you know, I was looking forward to finding the next piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, I, I I I realized that there's a key. There's something that I was missing. You know, to get past that plateau, and and, and I couldn't figure out what it was on my own. And so gotcha. yeah, each each Sunday, I was looking forward to the next the next hunt for that for that key, the next puzzle. Right. So we put we had a we had a small group of four men all with a target of 100 pounds or more to get off, and we shared each other's labs, made a spreadsheet. We all got to see what was going on, and found yeah we're all different, but where there's a lot of commonalities. In that first blood work group that we looked at, did something because you're obviously familiar, you're seeing two different docs. Was there something that was different that you didn't see that sort of popped out? Was it the insulin, the glucose? Was it um, your vitamin D was good? Was there something there that said, "All right, we're we're now looking in places I hadn't looked at before," or were? Yeah, the, well, so uh, the insulin, uh, of course. Um, so the glucose, my, my glucose and my A one C, all was reasonable. Um, and and my primary care physician had actually seen my uh, recent A1Cs and felt okay. You're you're fine. You're keeping it under control. Um, but then you know when we looked at the insulin uh, levels and uh, looked at the other information, the other data, um, you know, as as you pointed out, it turns out you know I'm actually insulin resistant, and I'm I'm not okay. <laughs> I am still, you know, pre-diabetic and and headed in the wrong direction. So, yeah, that was that was a, a little bit of a surprise. Glad I was glad to see that. Dig into that level, mm -hmm. right? Because you're looking for the key and all that. 
Good. All right. So then we went on to this a test you hadn't seen and never heard of, intracellular nutrient levels, which is SpectraCell. I really like that company a lot. I've been using it about 20 years because it gives me a whole different peak that should you know, have some sort of distant relationship with your blood work. You know, it's not altogether different. And we did find sort of some overlaps there, but you came up with some deficiencies. And what's interesting about your situation is uh, you were consistent in taking certain supplements. And we had another person who didn't take, wasn't on any medications, didn't take supplements and a diabetic. And then somebody was kind of in between. Um, did that sort of strike you as odd? It's like, wait a minute, I've, I've been doctoring this. I know the supplements I'm on and, and I'm supposed to be good. And you're saying I'm not quite. Right, right. Yeah, that, uh, it, it, it was surprising. And I, you know, I felt like I'd done a lot of research and a lot of digging on which supplements I should be taking and why should I be taking them and, and, and even looking for you know, the, what, the top five or good, good uh, companies that are making these supplements. You know, so I, I, I really did some research on that. And, and you know, I, I was surprised, yeah. But, but again, glad to have gotten that information. Good, good, good. Um, that's great. All right. So then we went on to, and, and so my perspective at this point was, because it was in chapters, you know, we, it was good to see the holism and everybody came along to the same level of understanding how these things uh, relate. My, my perspective is that uh, in, in the end, everybody's their own doctor and the doc, the, an actual physician is the coach of you, you know, and, and, and we can't be ignorant. Obviously, I cannot, we're not going to be as specialized as they are, but we can't be ignorant and totally reliant on their interpretation. All right. So then we went into hormones and that was a urine test, you know, a kit sent off, came back and it gives us a nice uh, PDF analysis. So on that, and so you're taking exogenous uh, testosterone and which many men do because testosterone goes down with age and other factors. Um, but, and so that showed up of course, but yet that wasn't the, the, big, the big issue. I mean, the issue was, holy cow, you're off the scale in cortisol. Yeah. And, and uh, just on that general level, cortisol, stress hormone, we'll leave it at that here, is like, did that ring true? Did you go like, what, where is, how is this so? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that did ring true. Um, it, you know, once, and once we started talking about it, you know, it makes a lot, it made a lot of sense. Certainly, you know, I've been under a lot of stress in the last couple of years, business and, uh, you know, health issues and uh, melanoma and car injury, uh, uh, an auto, in, an auto accident, uh, that exacerbated the, the lower back issue and, you know, just, you know, life. Yep. Yep. No, I hear that. Oh, good. So that now we go, we found a culprit, you know, and now, and then we had to start thinking about how to address it. So the, the last chapter was, and you had your genome done, genome work before done. That's the 23 and meat in this case to strategy. And I like that company partly because it gives a reduced list of what's appropriate for looking at these mutations. And so we have 70 to look for as opposed to 700. And um, I buy that, you know, I, I buy the, the shorter list and I used to lecture on this, but um, so we didn't dive into that and everything that showed up for you, but we looked for a relationship. Was that helpful to sort of glue it on to the three previous tests and saying, you know, there's in part, it is you in part, it's, you know, how you lived your life. 
Right. Uh, yeah, uh, it was helpful, you know, to add that that other layer. But another part of that that was really helpful for me um, was, again, in, you know, in my search for health, you know, I, I had already done my genome and, and had it processed and had the results and had read through them. And it, it was it was the proverbial rabbit hole. I, you know, I, some of the supplements I was taking which I didn't need to be taking uh, were, were because of that, that report. Um, right. And so, yeah, it, it, it was nice to, and, and I'm glad the way that you had set that up, that that was one of the last things. And so the, as we're going through the course, I recognize that we were starting with uh, the biggest contributors and the, and the most action you can take and, and slowly drilling down to things that certainly matter and they're important but they're not as much of an effect as you know some of the early things that we talked about like uh, you know total carbs and and you know even even uh, later on uh, the carbohydrate addiction and, and you know all those other the, the way that you had set it up yeah great. no i agree um and we did cover a lot it both so for those who are listening we covered a lot of technical stuff but also we got around to diets in the background everybody had to document their diet on a daily basis. And you did it, if I was a great work, you're A plus, you did it very dutifully. And um, which gives me data, you know, um, we use chronometer. And so what I like about um, when you pay for the, uh, what do you call it, the professional level, I get to take your data and flip it around and look for correlations. And uh, I found it frustrating because we weren't getting breakthrough numbers for all the work you were doing. And, when finally it came up to cortisol, it was like, that was for me as well as an aha moment. It was like saying, this does make sense. And across the boards, and there's things we can address about that afterwards. But that's the background that everybody had to be doing this. And they would, in a Facebook group, put in their glucose numbers. We follow glucose primarily, knowing that the ketones would follow. But when we ended the, when we finally summarized all this it, it, with the thought of today, meaning, 2019, it is far more difficult for men to lose weight than it was 50 years ago and even 100 years ago. And, and did you believe that? Did you buy that as, as a hypothesis? I mean, but I, I, I believe it, but for you, it's like saying, or is this guy just making it up to make it sound good? No, uh, I, I believed it. And, you know, even from, from my own experience, you know, in my, my younger years, it was, you know, I just had to watch a little bit of what I was eating, get more exercise. And, you know, the, I, I would drop some weight. I would, you know, build muscle back up pretty quickly. Right. Uh, not, not so much the case at this point. Right. No, I agree. I agree. So we hit that down. I'm actually going to call that up as a, as so we can both see it. I, I thought when I was, you know, formulating for the last sort of topic, we needed to bring all this back together. You know, why as, as a demographic, as a gender demographic, you know, why is it so difficult? We can say for everybody in the world, but uh, for men in particular, it, they gain weight faster. And it used to be they could lose it faster, but they can't much anymore without really looking at it. So we looked at some of the, some of the uncomfortable issues. Certainly we looked at carbohydrate toxicity, another way of saying, you know, low carb, high fat. Uh, I think actually carbohydrate toxicity is has a little more oomph to it, and I think it's it's very true. 
and there's a lot of work being done on this now to even uh, make it clearer for the general public. But you talk about things like processed foods, you know, which is sort of dietary, sort of not dietary, and it's a big contributor. What, what did you, how did you take that? Did you take that as a, a personal insult or did you take that like, wow, I didn't know this. Uh, I got to be thinking about this. You know, it's not, it's not what's on the label anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it, 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 was, it was much more, um, you know, uh, wow, I've got to pay attention to this. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, I, I, I came to this whole thing searching and, and looking. So I, I, I was certainly open to, open to learning and yeah that was a that was a shot <laughs> and and it certainly did uh you know i certainly had to implement that into into my uh you know eating what i find and this is more observational than it is clinical is that uh if those people who are driven so who are driven people who are you know are ahead of a company or they have a, a whole structure that they're uh focusing on or they're you know they're successful in any way is that they are, yes, driven, but the backside of driven is there's a little addiction written in, in there. You ask the quick, you know, one asks the question, so what is addiction? And you can say, well, it's alcohol or coffee or carbs or sugar, but it's more than that. I think it comes down to these people are predisposed to kind of a, call it a, a deficiency that makes them need more gratification, which channel in the great in a good direction they are the performers of you know real achievers for for life in general i put you in that category so it's it's a tough it's a tough situation to sort of peel away there's a positive side of quote-unquote being focused slash addiction but if you can find the unnecessary contributors to that that's kind of what we were looking at there right. um and because there's groups based just around processed food addiction and food addiction my thinking on that, and why it's worth saying here, is because I think there's a predisposition that is just not behavioral. I think there's a way you can address it in addition to that. And the hard topic of processed foods was part of it. You know, the chemicals they put in, it's not just uh, additives and food coloring. They're now is purposefully to have you be pro-dopamine, to use that word, and to eat more. So you sit on you know, the sofa and eating whatever it is. Good. I mean, I think that's so important. I put that actually as number one. What did you then think about medications? Because that had a personal experience for you too. You know, we, and we, we have that as a general summary point, but we also had that as a, something we had to explore with you personally. Yeah. So from the, the testosterone, exogenous testosterone that I, that I was taking, uh, even the gabapentin, you know, the, I guess I was just, you you read the um, side effects for some of these, and and you don't even you know I didn't even realize that some of those medications were actually also preventing me from losing weight or progressing you know in in the program at all. Right, right. Gabapentin is interesting because one of the many names that it's marketed under, you know, it helps produce GABA. And so if we're trying to drop your carbs and bring you to, you know, produce ketones, hence the ketogenic diet, it's going to limit us because the ketogenic diet also increases your GABA. It gets a feedback by saying, well, you already got GABA. You're already increasing your, your GABA, which is gamma aminobenzoic acid. So we're not going to produce ketones. <laughs> we're not going to do that. And so it ends up being a block to that whole process. 
Yeah. Were you surprised at melatonin? Yeah, I was surprised at melatonin and the, you know, the issue that it, uh, that it created for me. Right. Right. Um, so that's interesting. And I had to go back and review that saying, you know, what makes sense because GABA, uh, so not GABA, uh, melatonin, which everybody takes for sleep or most, you know, they take a jet lag and so on and so forth. And most people overprescribe it to themselves because you can buy it across the counter. Um, and it's a hormone. And so it purposely decreases your insulin, which means it's going to increase your glucose. We were having fairly high glucose readings consistently and we couldn't break through, mm -hmm. you know, and so it took a while to figure that out. And um, that's interesting. So there's, therefore, the, I mean, the holism has to be looked at and you can tweak a little bit, but once you get so focused on one thing, uh, it tends to take everything outside of kilter, which is kind of what we're looking at. Yep. All right. Muscle mass. Remember we talked about, it's like reason number four, muscle mass. How did that ring to you? I already, I know you were aware of the issue, you know, you, you, because you heard us talking about it and probably other sources as well. Where does that fit in in your thinking now? But why is that even appropriate? Well, it, it, it's appropriate um, because obviously the the you need the muscle mass, you know, to burn to burn fat, um, and so it, you know that I think that made uh, pretty clear sense to me, and I I had you know heard it and, and read it before, but yeah, that I mean the, that was very clear clear to me that that was you know that was important, and we talked about how efficient how efficiently go forward with HIT, slow HIT, right. and you'll get there when you get there. Yeah. The other thing about the muscle mass was, and it comes to the last point, was low testosterone, which brings us back to skip taking testosterone, which is kind of a smart thing to do in that context. But low muscle mass, you know, limits your ability to produce testosterone. And you go, well, that's a head scratcher. You know, it's like an endless little loop there. Right. And, and, so, and so this kind of all leads up to you know, it's been a, almost a collusion against men, testosterone and weight gain. You know, how do we break out of this? Was that sort of a, an aha? I was like, wow, it all leads up to kind of what you're, what you had discovered for the, you know, for yourself, but in a yeah. larger context. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, uh, you know, t when that, when that all got tied together, it was, yeah, it was, it was an aha. I was like, wow, that's, you know, it's one just feeding off the other the downward spiral. Yeah. Yep. So here we are. Uh, we're kind of unfinished work. That is, we're still following and still tweaking as we go forward. We found a few big secrets. What's, what's your sense of, it's been three months plus the two weeks for testing for the most part, and then maybe another week. What's your sense of having come over this sort of, it's almost an academic course in one way. Did you go, well, I learned a lot. I'm glad I did this. It sort of set me on a whole new course for my life, which you've been looking for. But where is that? You go, because it, it took you. It took you It took you showing up on Sundays. It took you putting in the data. It took you getting the lab work done. Has it been worth your time? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, you know, so I, I'm uh, still, I'm still logging all my information, including my weight and, uh, my my weight this morning for the first time i don't know how long is below 270. wow so you know yeah it was definitely worth it so you know, now that we've found the those keys i you know i i know i'm on i'm on the right path 
and uh, and I feel good about it. Nice. Yeah, me too, by the way. So what would you say to the person? I always come back, I'm sort of like sharing a comment that I get all the time, when especially when we get to uh, chronometer and saying, you know, I, I really think it's necessary up front to put in your data to see what you're doing. And others go, you know, a ketogenic diet, as it's the panacea for life, you just need to drop your carbs, increase your fats, and and that's an idiot, any idiot can do it. What would you say to that? I mean, so what would you say to the whole need of all this data collection? It was, you know, for those who say, you're wasting your time, buddy. Well, I, I would say, I would refer back to that, you know, the 50% that, um, you know, that, that don't, that aren't, aren't getting the results that, that you would expect to get um, by eating ketogenically. Um, you're, you're missing something. And the only way you're going to find it is to go through the data. And, and you've got, you've got to log all the data if, if you're going to be able to analyze it and figure out, uh, you know, get down to what the key, what the key is for you individually um, to get there. Right. Right. Well, it's interesting. You know, this is, so we presented all this as deep dive keto, which is what we did. And, so much of the success of a program like this comes out from the adherence, that is the willingness of the participants to work. You did, you did all the work and therefore, you know, and, and we weren't hitting home runs initially. You know, it wasn't uh, hey, first month we're hitting it out of the park. No, we were, we we're still, we we're still missing the ball. Right. Both of us. Well, are there any thoughts that you'd say to anybody out there? I mean, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate your effort that you put into this whole program. I, I would just, you know, encourage anybody who's considering to to make the investment in, in yourself. Um, it, it, it really it really behooves you to have uh, some guidance uh, and, and some coaching on, you know, figuring this out for you individually. Absolutely. Skip, you're wonderful for sharing your time with me. And I, I appreciate that so much. It's been a pleasure to work. We got more work to do ahead of us, but um, I think we got some easier sailing than we've been through in the past. I agree. Thank you, Carl, for, for everything that you do. Uh, I appreciate it. It's a joy. Take care, my man. You too. Hi, this is Dr. Goldcamp. I just wanted to encourage you to send in your questions to Dr. Goldcamp at ketonaturopath.com. Many of you have, and so what I've done with these questions that um, I've gotten back to most of the people I email, but some of the questions that were so good, and if they were overlapping to other questions, I would combine them and try to put that into the topic of a podcast, either via one of the micro topics that are covered in an interview. As you know, we cover a lot of topics in any given interview, or some of my own sort of reporting, if you will, on some of these issues. So uh, please keep the questions coming, feel free to send in an email and uh, I will get back to you. One thing I want to say, a number of questions have come in in which I've given this answer and the email didn't work. So just make sure that you're you're receiving at the same email that you sent it in. And I think that might've been the difficulty. So I look forward to your questions. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that I'm hoping to answer your questions. And I think this world of keto is not just black and white. You know, it's nice that it's simple, but it's not simple for some. I'm really trying to, you know, go down as anybody 
any of you who have listened to all my podcasts, we started way back when history and evolution, epilepsy, and so on and so forth. You know, now we're seeing some tremendous overlap in uh, various uh, mental disorders, such as schizophrenia or neurological disorders that are not just epilepsy. And also, just for people and losing weight, it's sometimes pretty complicated for them to engage in keto, and so they need some help. And so that's the whole point of, at least that's what I think I'm doing, is exploring the world of why are, why are there other factors? And so in exploring some of those other factors, we've covered addiction, we've covered hormones, we've covered uh, nutritional deficiencies, we've covered uh, certain metabolic lab results, and we'll go further. We'll even get to more on genome and aspects. So these are all just contributions that make for an obstacle for some people to engage easily in the ketogenic diet. This is my belief, and these are the things that I've discovered. And I think other people have discovered some of these things, but not ever put them together. So stay listening, send in your questions, and I will definitely get back to you.